Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go from there. A little saying that was in <clears throat> Dr. Wearsby's commentary about this particular lesson today, and I don't know how I can make it work, but I, I thought the saying was pretty good. It's been said that there are people who make things happen. People who watch things happen and people who don't know that anything is happening. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I've known a little bit, a few people in all three of those categories. So we'll see. Okay, as we start off with a review, if you'll turn to to First uh, Samuel eight in your Bible, and then we'll we're going to chase a good bit of scripture today. So, uh, hope hopefully we'll understand. <clears throat> Pastor Bobby has been leading us through the Old Testament, and he has said time and time again about land, seed, and a blessing, and he takes that from. Genesis 12, where uh, the Lord told Abram, if you get up and go to a land that I'll show you, he didn't know where it was. He said, but if you could get up and go to the land that I'll show you, and then I've got it listed here. Uh, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I've got seed in parentheses, that's Bill. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will be a blessing to those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now why God chose Abram Later, Isaac, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. How, why he chose them to be the human family for Jesus to come into this world to redeem us, I have no idea. And if anybody else says that they do, mark them. <laughs> when you get the glory, you can ask the Lord why he chose them. But I don't know. And yet he told Abram that it would be a while, but they would become a nation. I've got here in red here, 430 years later, from a family of 70, that's Jacob, <clears throat> Jacob who was now Israel, his 12 sons and their family, they grew into a nation of 2 million people. And it's, it's amazing. And when you, we uh, <clears throat> read through the scripture and we talk about them uh, move, moving and God being their God and moving them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, <clears throat> two million people just wandering around. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing what it is. In Exodus 19, which is uh a pivotal uh, scripture for uh, uh, the nation. He said, <clears throat> now then, if you will indeed obey my voice 
and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all the words which the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. That first sentence. Now, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. We've said here many times before that our that's all we wanted from our children is to obey us because, because of we had plowed some of that ground before, we knew the pitfalls and we asked our children to, to do some things. Just simply obey us. Uh, and, uh, and why and how the nation of Israel, they constantly, constantly uh, went against this. They grumbled, they grumbled, they grumbled all through the wilderness. And so, if you obey me. Okay, now I've got in red from Genesis 12 to Samuel 8 is about 825 years. First Peter says, the Lord's not slack concerning his promises. You know, a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. <laughs> when the Lord promises something, he's going to do it. It might be 825 years later, but he's going to do it. He's going to be faithful to what he said he would do. And so in 1 Samuel, we'll pick up some reading here, and then we'll do some more reading in Scripture. <clears throat> then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and they said to him behold you've grown old your sons do not walk in your ways now appoint a king for us to judge us like the nations but the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said give us a king to judge us Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Like all the deeds which they've done since the day that I brought them out from Egypt, even to this day, it is that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing so to you also. Now then, listen to their voice, however, and you shall solemnly, solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedures of the king who will reign over them. <clears throat> God led them. God, they were his people by covenant and that he put out in Exodus 19. And he said, Samuel, don't be, don't be upset because they've, They've rejected me. 
God Jehovah. It's capitalized there, me. Now let's pick up in your Bible, First uh, Samuel 8. Let's look at verses 10. Let me get my notes out here, not that I'll follow them, but we'll see what we can do. All right. Verse 10 of chapter 8. So Samuel spoke all the words of the Lord to the people who had asked him for a king. He said, this will be the procedure of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and place them for himself in the chariots and among the horsemen. They will run before his chariots. He will appoint himself commanders of thousands, 50, some to do the plowing, to reap his harvest, and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will also take your daughters for perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves and give them to their servants, uh, to his servants. He will take a tenth of your seed of all the vineyards and give them to the officers to do his servants. He will also take your male servants and your female servants and the best among your young, your donkeys, and he will use them for his work. He will take a tenth of your flock for yourselves and become his servants. Then you will cry out, cry out in that day before, because the king in whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. So <clears throat> the Lord said in verse nine up there, he said, warn them what they're gonna get when they get a king. This is exactly what happened. If you can hold your finger there and go over um, a couple of chapters to 1 Kings, 1 Kings 12. Uh, <clears throat> Solomon, as we've talked about, excuse me, Saul reigned for 40 years. Solomon reigned for 40 years. And David reigned for 40 years. So when they had this first king and Solomon's, uh, Samuel is warning them about what's going to happen. Uh, he says, all these things are going to happen. And he says, verse 8, 18, and in the day when you cry out, when your king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. <clears throat> now, in 1 Kings, 120 years later, 1 Kings chapter 12, let's look at verse 6. King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon while he was alive, saying, how do you counsel me to answer these people? Then they spoke to him, saying, if you will be a servant to his people today and will serve them and grant them their petition, speak good to them, they will serve you forever. But he forsook the counsel of the elders and which they had given him and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. Later on, he talks about uh, what they were going to do. Down to verse 16 of chapter 12, when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king and said, what portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance of the son of Jesse. Uh, 
to your tents, O Israel. <clears throat> now look after your own house, David. So Israel departed to their tents, but the sons of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. So we have Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Jeroboam took the ten tribes to the north, and Rehoboam took the two tribes to the south. So this is the, divide, the beginning of the divided kingdom. 120 years after the warning Samuel gave to the people. He says, don't come crying to me. It's you wanted a king. And we, we go forth from here. We had many kings. Uh, more of them were bad kings than good kings. Now back to 1 Samuel. 1 <clears throat> Samuel. <clears throat> Uh, let's look at verses, chapter 12. Chapter 12. <clears throat> uh, we've already gone through this. I'm just trying to maybe highlight it a little bit. <clears throat> uh, chapter 12, verse 13. Now therefore, his, here is the king whom you have chosen, whom you asked for, and the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and listen to his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and also the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God. If you will not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment, the command of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. Uh, here's a, Samuel is still telling them. It says, here's the king that you have chosen. Uh, and we know that Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was the man that they wanted he wasn't God's man, and we'll see that in just a minute. But he says, even now, verse 16, take your sand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before you today. Is it not the wheat harvest today, and I will call to the Lord that he may thunder and rain? Then you will know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord by asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Then all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, so we may not die, for we have added to all our sins this evil by asking for yourselves a king. Samuel said to the people, Do not fear, you have committed all this evil yet. Do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. You must not turn aside, for then you would go after futile things which cannot profit or deliver because they are futile. Verse 22, For the Lord will not abandon his people on account of his great name, because the Lord has been pleased to make you a people 
for himself. The covenant he made with with Abram, get up and go, I'll give you some land, I'll make you a great name, and I will bless the earth because of you. And then he went back and he says, if you'll obey my commandments, I'll be your God. And they said, we want that. And yet he's saying here, verse 22, because the Lord has pleased to make you a people for himself. Chapter 13, look at verse 8. This is Saul, uh, first, first verse in chapter 13. Saul was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 42 years. And Art talked about this. Um, there's a little confusion in, in translation. It might be that he was 40 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for two years. We don't really know, but that's neither here nor there. But <clears throat> now... Uh, uh, Saul is at war with the Philistines in verse 8. He said, Now he waited seven days according to the appointed time by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So, so Saul said, Bring to me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And he offered burnt offerings. Soon as he had finished offering the burnt offerings, behold, Samuel came. Samuel went out to meet him and greet him. But Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the appointed days and the Philistines were assembling in mishmash. Therefore, I said, now the Philistines will not come against me at Gilgal. I have not asked the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offering Excuse me, I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, You have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord had appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Well, we've seen this. Human nature hadn't changed. (laughs) You know, we... I had... I had two sisters, a sister older than me and a sister younger than me. I didn't have any brothers. I didn't have anybody to blame the stuff on. But here, here, Samuel says, you know, the people, verse 11, I saw the people were scattering from me. Uh, he was from the tribe of Benjamin. He wasn't for the tribe of Levi. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't to offer the burnt offerings. And Samuel said, I'm coming to do that. He tarried a little bit. Maybe it was a test. Maybe it wasn't. But Saul went ahead and did it himself. 
And yet, verse 14 says, But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. <clears throat> okay, chapter 15, verses 10. This is after they had fought uh, against uh, the Amalekites. And God told her, well, we'll see here. Verse 10 of chapter 15. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I made Saul king, for he has turned back from my following me and not carried out my commandments. Wouldn't it be so simple if we just obeyed? Even us today, if we just simply obey. Now, in the Old Testament, they kind of had a promise because everything good was from God. Everything evil was because they didn't follow God. Go back to Job. When Job was afflicted with all the problems he had, his friends came to him and said, what have you done? Now, on this side of the cross, we have grace. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. And we ask a lot ourselves, why does good things happen to, bad things happen to good people? And yet sin is there. But even on this side of the cross, if we follow scripture, if we do what we know to do, God's going to be with us. Velt uh, and I read this morning in our, in our devotion, you know, Romans 8, you know, all things work together. And there's a lot we could say about that particular scripture. But <clears throat> you need to follow the Lord. Back to 1 Samuel 15, verse 11. But I regret that I've made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commandments. And Samuel was distressed and called, called out to the Lord all night. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul and it was told Samuel saying, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set up a monument to himself, to himself. Then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. Verse 13, Samuel came to Saul. Saul said to him, blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the ox that I hear? And Saul said, they brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the ox to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 19, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil? in the sight of the Lord. Verse 22. Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Obey. 
So that brings us to the lesson. I got 10 minutes. <laughs> Verse chapter 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go, for I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Hold your finger there and go back one chapter to Ruth and go to the first first uh, first chapter of Ruth, the first verse. We'll meet a couple of there. Just go to the left one book. You with me? Okay, Ruth chapter 1. Now it came about in the, in, the, in the days when the judges governed that there was a family in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the land of Moab with his wife and his two sons. And the name of his of the man was uh, Elimelech. I don't know who what his name was. <laughs> And he had two boys. <clears throat> All right, now turn to chapter 4. Chapter 4, and look at verses 13 of chapter 4. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. When the Lord, when the women said to Naomi, Bless, Blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a Redeemer today, and may his name become a famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and is better to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap, and she became his nurse. The neighbor women said, uh, gave him a name saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. So, this, he's in the godly line, and so... Uh, from Ruth and Boaz, we had Obed. Obed had Jesse. Jesse had David. So this Bethlehemite he was talking about in chapter 16, verse 1, that's his grandfather. <clears throat> so the latter part of chapter 16, verse 1, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Also, when we read the Christmas story every year, we go back to the fact that that Mary and Joseph went back to, to Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David. So Bethlehem is a, is, is a big deal in this case. All right, verse 2. But Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. You invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show up 
show you what you shall do. And you shall appoint for me the one whom I designate to you. <laughs> so he said, uh, go to Bethlehem. And he said, I'll show you who I want you to anoint. Well, there was animosity between uh, Saul and and uh, and uh, <clears throat> Samuel. And he said, if I go there, he's going to kill me. And he said, well, take a sacrifice with you. That wasn't a cop-out. <laughs> that was needed to be done. And we'll see the, here in just a minute. The people in Bethlehem wanted to know, do you come in peace? Let's continue to read that and we'll, we'll see what this is. <clears throat> Verse 4. So Samuel did as the Lord said and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him. Said, do you come in peace? He said, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself and come to the, uh, with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his son and invited them to the sacrifice. What I have read this week says that that was a big deal when Samuel came and they offered a sacrifice. To be invited to it was, was uh, a big deal. And so they were in, invited to come, and he and his sons came. <clears throat> Verse 6, when they entered, he looked at Eleb and thought, Surely the Lord's anointing is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, uh, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as a man sees. For the man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are, are, are these all your children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And behold, he's tending to the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, because we will not sit down until he comes. I thought that was interesting. In my current state, I do sitting pretty well. I don't do sanding very well. And he said, we're not going to sit down until we, we get him. Well, I, he, anyway, that's, that's what he says. Verse 12, so he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes, handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. So God said, Samuel, go to Jesse, one of his boys. I want you to anoint his king. And he paraded Seven in front of him, that's not him. The eighth one, the young man, 
He said, that's him. Because God looks at his heart, looked at the boy's heart. And so at that point, Samuel had done what he was going to do, and so he went back home. Verse 14, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Real quick, hold your finger there and go to Psalms 51. The middle of your book, Psalms 51. We all know that this is David's prayer <clears throat> of Psalms 51. Let's look at verse 10 and through 13. Psalms 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Look back in chapter uh, 16, verse 14. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. David had seen when the Lord removes his hand, what happens? We don't know, but most people say that, that uh, in today's terms, uh, Saul fought depression. But he also knew that the Lord had taken his hand off of him. And so after David sinned with Bathsheba and killing of Uriah, he wrote Psalms 57 or 51, and he says, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You know, do not. Now this Holy Spirit has nothing to do with salvation, which we get the Holy Spirit at salvation, but it was a blessing and, and that the Lord uh, took uh, on these people. Because we see in verse 13, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Okay, well, uh, we're going to stop there. We'll pick up next week with, uh, with uh, part of this scripture, and then we'll, we'll go into to, uh, Daniel, um, excuse me, David killing Goliath. Uh, <clears throat> I thought maybe we would get there today. But a little bit of trivia here, I, I will see that Goliath was nine feet, nine inches tall. So I brought a tape this morning. Now I asked Buddy to measure it for me. Nine inches, nine feet, nine inches. It's all the way to the top of that, that uh, projector hole up there. He's a pretty good sized boy. But we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Any questions? Christy, it's good to have you. Okay. It's good to have everybody here today. How many do we have, Pat? 31. 31. That's the most we've had in a while. Okay. Let's go to the Lord. Father, thank you for everything. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that we have a place to come and worship. We ask that you be with a further service. Be with everything that's said, done, prayed, preached, sung, 
And we'll be careful to praise you in and through it all. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.